Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, I'm Sarah, and this is the Whispering Woods podcast. No Toby today, I missed him. He has ran out of the door this morning, going to his dad's house. It's a bit hectic around here. Um, so it's just me for today. Now, I've got three stories to share. Now, these are traditional ghost stories from England. They're all meant to be true, and they're pretty festive. Um, so we've gone for that traditional kind of Christmas Eve storytelling on this last main episode before Christmas. Um, just a little reminder that we are having a couple of weeks break, but we will release some of our Wednesday whispers to keep everybody going until the new year. I want to give a shout out to a new patron, Emily Victoria Pedersen. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Um, also, I had a lovely message uh, that received today, actually. Um, and it's from Rachel Spidel, who says, I think you're all wonderful. Keep up the fantastic work. Love from Vermont. Oh, that's really sweet. Thank you, Rachel. We really appreciate it. Right. So moving on. Three ghost stories. Um, it feels wrong, but... Because there's no Toby here to say, are you ready? I'm just going to say it anyway. Are you ready for the first story? Nothing stirs the imagination more than a Christmas ghost story. From the chilling warnings of the past to the bloody horrors of the present. The Yuletide season is incomplete without a whisper or a scream about the restless dead. But be aware, 
for not all Christmas ghosts are mere fiction. Some lurk in the shadows of reality, waiting for the right moment to strike. Brems Hill House in Hampshire harbours a dreadful secret. Among its many spectral inhabitants, one is the most terrifying of all. The house is said to be haunted by 14 different ghosts, making it the most cursed place in the country. But for our purposes, we shall only concern ourselves with one. In the early 17th century, a young girl named Anne Cope was to wed at the house on Christmas Day. She and her groom exchanged their vows and rejoiced in their union, unaware of the fate that awaited them. As the night fell, Anne, as a fresh bride, was led to the marital bed. But before she entered the chamber, the young bride proposed that she and her guests have a little fun with a game of hide-and-seek. Anne asked for five minutes to find a hiding spot before her guests would come looking for her. And off she went. When the time was up, the wedding guests started their search. They combed the house from attic to cellar, but found no trace of the young bride. At first... The guests thought it was a clever prank, as Anne was in a merry mood. But as the hours dragged on, they increasingly worried for the young girl. But Lord Bethel's new wife never returned, and he was left heartbroken and alone. Rumours spread that she had run away, unwilling to be with the Lord. He never gave up hope, and searched for her for half a century. Fifty years after Anne vanished, the old lord was in the attic of his manor, still looking for any clues. A secret door suddenly swung open as he tapped on some old oak panels. Inside, there was a finely crafted wooden chest. Inside the chest, the bones of his long-lost bride, still clad in her wedding gown clutching her bouquet. On the lid of the chest were deep scratches, a mark of the bride's desperate struggle to get out. But the horror didn't end there. The ghost of the white bride still haunts the fleur-de-lis room where she was supposed to spend her wedding night. It's said that Michael I of Romania begged to be moved to another room during his stay there for he could not bear the sight of the young woman in white who walked through his bedroom every night. The bride makes her appearance known with her favourite perfume, Lily of the Valley. If you dare to visit Brams Hill House today, you may see a sinister wooden chest displayed in the hall. But do not open it, for you may find more than you bargained for. But the truth behind the legend of this ghostly bride is shrouded in mystery and doubt. Some claim that the bride was not Ancope, but Genevieve Orsina, who married in 1727. Instead of hiding and perishing in the house, her ghost and the chest were brought to Brams Hill from Italy. The identity of the ghostly bride varies 
from one account to another, sometimes Anne, sometimes Genevieve. Sir William Cope wrote in his 1883 book, Brams Hill, Its History and Architecture, that the chest on display in the house was a replica of the original. He also stated that the original had been big enough to fit a woman of comely proportions, but was taken away by Sir Denzil Cope's widow in 1812. Either way, the story's horror spread far and wide, and in the 19th century, inspiring songs, poems and drawings of the ghastly fate of the bride. The first one appeared in 1809, under the melancholy occurrence. After that, many more poems and songs were composed, the most famous being the 1830s piece The Mistletoe Bow by Sir Henry Bishop. But the tale of the doomed bride was not forgotten. It was retold by Susan E. Wallace in 1887 as The Old Oak Chest and by Henry James as The Romance of Certain Old Clothes in 1868. The tale also reached the cinema in 1904 when Percy Stow made the short film The Mistletoe Bow. Such a sad story, that one. Um, Really sad, but I'm also really pleased, even though it's like 50 years later, that he managed to figure out what had happened to her and that she didn't run off and just leave him. Awful, awful story. On your wedding night as well. Just wanting a bit of fun and that can happen. So let that be a warning to you out there. Be careful. Right, let's move on to the second story. In the dark days of the Victorian era, 50 Berkeley Square was shrouded in fear and dread. Many claimed it was the most haunted building in London, where unspeakable horrors lurked behind its walls. Now, the old house is occupied by the famous antiquarian book dealers, Mags Brothers, who seem oblivious to the sinister past of their premises. But the legend of the haunting of 50 Berkeley Square has not died, and it still whispers in the shadows of the city. Berkeley Square was the creation of the architect William Kent, who was born in 1685 and died in 1748. 50 Berkeley Square was a four-storey townhouse that he built in 1740, and it soon became the home of the Prime Minister, George Canning, who died on August 8th, 1827, at Cheswick House. After Canning, the house was inherited by Miss Curzon, who lived there until her death at the age of 90 in 1859. It was during her lonely years in Berkeley Square that the first tales of its ghosts emerged, around 1840. Some sources say that the house was abandoned after her death until 1880, but this may not be true. Perhaps someone or something else was living there, waiting for the next victim. After Curzon's death, the house became notorious for a cursed second-floor or top-floor room, where the ghost of a dreadful entity haunted the living. 
There were different accounts for how the room became infested with evil, but none of them were pleasant. One of these accounts involved an eccentric man named Myers, who rented the building sometime after 1859. When his fiancée jilted him and broke off their engagement, he became a hermit, locking himself in the upper room and only venturing out at night. Another account concerned a Mr. Dupre of Wilton Park, who lived there in the 1700s and used the haunted room to imprison his violently mad brother, who lingers on as a ghost. Stories of a natural death were linked to the room. One new maid servant was said to have stayed in the room, and one night, her shrieks of horror woke up the whole household. They found her in the middle of the room, lying on the floor in a state of shock. She described what she saw as horrible, and then died in St. George's Hospital the next day. Another story of death related to the room was that of Sir Robert Warboys of Warboys Hall, or sometimes Captain Raymond or Captain Kentfield, depending on the version you hear. He accepted a bet between Lord Colmondy and John Benson, of 50 Berkeley Square, for a hundred guineas that he could spend a night in the haunted room. Armed with a bell to alert his friends if he saw anything, and a pistol for extra protection, he retired to the haunted room. When they heard the bell ringing and the pistol firing, his friends ran to his rescue, only to find Sir Robert hanging from the bed, dead from fright. One of the few who escaped the room alive was the notorious Lord Littleton, a rake, a seducer and Member of Parliament. He was also known as Thomas Littleton, 2nd Baron Littleton of Frankley, who was born on 30th of January 1744 and died on the 27th of November 1779. He armed himself with two blunderbuss loaded with silver coins and shot at some thing that appeared in the room during the night. He saw it fall, but the next morning there was no trace of the thing that he had shot. Littleton had another encounter with the supernatural when he had a prophetic dream on the 24th of November 1779. A bird and a woman in white told him he would die in three days. He was already sick and travelled to his mansion in Epsom Pit Place, where he died of a fit, as foretold, on the 27th of November, 1779. In his 1956 book, Phantoms of the Night, Elliot O'Donnell narrates the story of two sailors, Edward Blunden and Robert Martin from HMS Penelope, who'd returned to London from the West Indies and were desperate for a place to stay. They found themselves in the empty 50 Berkeley Square, in the top of the house. They heard footsteps inside the house and coming up the stairs, and then something entered their room. Terrified, Martin ran past it, out of the door, down the stairs and out of the house. Blunden was not so lucky. He was trapped in the room, he fell from the top window and died. Martin was then arrested for the murder of his friend. 
the house was plagued by other signs of haunting, such as the noise of furniture moving, bells ringing, cries from behind locked doors, windows slamming open and objects flying out of them onto the street. And sometimes people would see figures in old-fashioned clothes looking out the windows. One of the ghosts that haunted 50 Berkeley Square was Adeline, who was seen hanging from the window, screaming. She had been a prisoner of her uncle, who lived in the house and abused her. One night, she tried to escape, but fell to her death from the window. Another ghost was that of a young girl, who was scared to death by a servant. She was seen in the upper floors of the house, wearing a Scots plaid and sobbing. The following two ghosts were mentioned in Jesse Adelaide Middleton's book, Grey Ghost. The mystery of Berkeley Square still remains a mystery. The story of the haunted house in Mayfair can be recapulated in a few words. The house contains at least one room of which the atmosphere is supernaturally fatal to body and mind. A girl saw, heard and felt such horror in it that she went mad and never recovered sanity enough to tell how or why. A gentleman, a disbeliever in ghosts, dared to sleep in number 50 and was found a corpse in the middle of the floor after frantically ringing for help in vain. Rumour suggests other cases of the same kind, all ending in death, madness or both as a result of sleeping or trying to sleep in that room. The very party walls of the house, when touched, are found saturated with electric horror. It is uninhabited, save by an elderly man and his wife who act as caretakers, but even these have no access to the room. This is kept locked, the key being in the hands of a mysterious and seemingly nameless person who comes to the house once every six months locks up the elderly couple in the basement and then unlocks the room and occupies himself in it for hours. This quote has been both attributed to Mayfair magazine 1879 and notes and queries circa 1870s. The bit I find most intriguing about that story is who owned it and what were they doing? When they locked the housekeepers and then went out to the room, what was going on? I'm intrigued. Maybe I don't really want to know what was going on, to be perfectly honest, you know? People can do strange things when they're left on the room. (laughs) That whole story is fascinating. It really is. So much has gone on there. And it is that bit about, you know, the housekeepers, they're locked away so they can't see what's going on. That bit really gets me. Right. Are you ready for the third and final story? The Brown Lady of Raynham Hall Born into the powerful Walpole family on September the 18th, 1686, Lady Dorothy Walpole was Robert Walpole's and Mary Burwell's 13th child. Her elder brother, Sir Robert Walpole, would rise to become Britain's first Prime Minister enhancing the family's prestige. She was famed for her dazzling beauty and lively spirit, making her a cherished societal figure. 
but there were dark forces at work beneath the surface of her seemingly perfect life. In 1713, she wed Charles Townsend, who would later be the second Viscount Townsend, a prominent politician. Townsend was notorious for his violent temper and domineering nature. Their marriage was tainted by envy and mistrust, with Townsend growing increasingly convinced of Dorothy's unfaithfulness with a man named Lord Wharton. In a burst of anger, Townsend condemned Dorothy to a life of imprisonment within the walls of Raynham Hall. She was cut off from the world, her every move watched and restricted. This harsh sentence was a bitter contrast to the happiness and freedom she'd once enjoyed. The details of Dorothy's death on March the 29th, 1726, are still mysterious. Officially, her death was caused by smallpox, a common and fatal disease at the time. But rumours spread that her death was far from natural. Murmurs suggested that Townsend, in his wrath and jealousy, had locked Dorothy in her rooms and left her to perish. But these rumours were not quelled by the fact that Townsend did not permit an official examination of Dorothy's body, raising suspicions of murder. The dreadful and enigmatic events of her death, along with her life in captivity, led to the notion that Dorothy's soul could not rest. Raynham Hall, situated in Norfolk, England, is a majestic country house with a history as dark as the land it stands on. Built in the 1620s for Sir Roger Townsend, it is one of the most splendid examples of famous Jacobean architecture. The hall is a formidable structure with a striking facade of warm red brickwork. Its interior is equally impressive with elaborate woodwork, grand fireplaces and a fine art collection. The most infamous place in the hall is the Grand Staircase, the site of the most famous appearance of the Brown Lady. Rynham Hall has been the home of the Townsend family for over 400 years. It has witnessed generations of Townends walk its halls, each leaving their mark on the estate. But the hall's beauty hides more than meets the eye. It has been a silent witness to countless historical events and personal dramas, including the tragic fate of Lady Dorothy Walpole. Today, Raynham Hall is a reminder of the past, a relic of a lost era. Its walls hold secrets of love, betrayal, and a ghostly presence that haunts those who hear her tale. As we explore the story of the Brown Lady, we find that Raynham Hall is not just a setting but a character in its own right, essential to the lasting mystery of the Brown Lady. The ghost of Rain Mahal is called the Brown Lady because of her appearance. Witnesses say she is a lady in a brown brocade dress, similar to Lady Dorothy Walpole's fashion. The name also distinguishes her from other ghostly figures in the British Isles. The Brown Lady's appearance is as terrifying as the stories about her. She is often seen as a solid figure, 
her face shining with a ghostly light. But the most horrifying detail is her eyes. Witnesses say that where her eyes should be, there are only dark holes. A detail that adds a dreadful aspect to her phantom form. But the first documented appearance of the brown lady happened during a Christmas party at Raynham Hall in 1835. Colonel Loftus and a guest named Hawkins were going to bed when they saw a woman in a brown dress. Loftus later said, Her face, it shone with light, but her eyes, they were hollow, like black holes. The next night, Loftus saw the ghost again. He noticed her clothes this time, saying they were an old-fashioned brown dress, as if from another era. But one of the most notorious sightings of the brown lady was by Captain Frederick Marriott in 1836. Marriott, a friend of Charles Dickens, the famous author, had heard of the brown lady and asked to stay in the haunted room during his visit to Raynham Hall. One night, as he returned to his room, he met the brown lady. In a letter to a friend, Marriott wrote, I shot my pistol at the ghost but the bullet went through her and hit a door. It was a sight I'll never forget. In 1926, the brown lady appeared again, this time to Lady Townsend's son and friend. They said she was a woman in an old-fashioned brown dress, a face shining with a weird light. In an interview, Lady Townsend's son said, We saw her clear as day, a woman in a brown dress, her face shining. It was a sight that made me shiver. This sighting revived public interest in the brown lady, prompting more curiosity and conjecture about her identity and the reason for her haunting. Over the years, there have been many other sightings, each adding to the legend of the brown lady and making her one of the most famous ghosts in Britain. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Also another tragic tale, uh, that poor, poor woman, you know, you can only imagine what that life must have been like locked away like that, honestly, awful, I'd just like to say that, you know, when she did pass away, I hope she haunted the hell out of him, because he definitely deserves it. Well that's the end of today's episode, hope you enjoyed, we will be back again on Thursday for another festive ghost story, by that... Hope you all have a lovely festive period and a good break. 
and we will catch up with you again in the new year. Take care, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.